Welcome to another edition of the Carbolane Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me as always, joining me today, being forced to be here, the Director of Technical Service, Mr. Paula Jamis. Hey Jack, how you doing today? You know, I'm here. I am present and accounted for. That's it. We don't get a lot of perfect weather in St. Louis. Oh God. Today is one of those two days we get a year. It is beautiful. The humidity is low. The temperature is nice. It's just there's a gentle breeze. These are the days that you live to be outside. Are you telling me I should stop working so hard and go outside? It was really hard coming back inside the building after lunch. This past weekend, I I made another trip up north and went up to Connecticut. And uh, it was like 78 degrees and everybody was talking about how hot it was. And I just kept (laughs) laughing at them. Yeah, that was our overnight low that night. (laughs) And then... Uh, one of the bars I was at, the bartender goes, it's just the humidity I can't take. And I started the mock <laughs> mocker, but I pulled up my phone. She did have a point. It was like 70% humidity. So I let her have it. But I, I was about ready to just be merciless and just attack her for not understanding what heat, you know, heat was. Right, right. And, you know, meanwhile, everybody in the Gulf who listens to this is laughing at you and I talk about that. And it is. I mean, I lived in New Orleans for a long time before I moved back to St. Louis. And really the part that gets you when you live down south is that it doesn't even cool off at nighttime. And that's really what makes it just overbearing. No, that even your sweat sweats, I think. I think it does. Last week's episode was entirely done based on a listener request. We have a couple more that were in the works, but go ahead and give us a few more. Paul, how do they get hold of us? Yeah, you can reach us at technical service at carboline.com. You can also get us on Twitter. Jack's at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. There's one other place I learned today where you can get a hold of us, and that's the Carboline app. If you go into the Carboline app, there is a contact for Carboline Technical Service, and it sends that to that email. That's something I think gets overlooked a lot of times. It is a great resource because it is your fastest way to get product data sheets and SDSs when you're on the fly. This week's topic was brought to us easily. Just made news that there was a major revision to SSPC SB13 slash NACE number six. This is a document that's near and dear to my heart as it is the surface preparation of concrete. You may have heard before Jack's nickname is Mr. Concrete around here. Yeah. So anyway, we did an episode back in March about the current version of the SSPC SB13 slash NACE 6. And to give you a clue of what the current edition was in March, it came out in March 2003. So it was 15 years old. For those of you who haven't paid attention or don't have to refer to this one often, this is the joint surface preparation standard for the surface prep of concrete. It is, like we said before, basically the Bible for coating concrete. Everything that you need to know about coating concrete is in this standard. It is very inclusive. Over the last 15 years, they've made a lot of strides in this part of our industry. Concrete has always been kind of a mystery, and we still don't have all of the answers. It is, it's not arguably, it is the hardest thing to coat in the world. Well, and when we're talking about industrial coatings and tank linings and secondary containment, the concrete is the one that always presents problems because it's porous. It breathes. It lives. It it has moisture transferring through it. Steel doesn't do that. So it really does create a different set of problems than, than most industrial coders have to work with. And concrete is a huge heat sink. So its expansion and contraction with temperature is significantly slower than almost any other matter. Right. 
So let's jump right into it, but I do want to give a quick disclaimer before we jump into it. This is no way intended to be an absolute comprehensive review of all of the differences between the March 2003 version and the 2018 version. These are some of the bigger things that I caught going through and comparing the standards, and I haven't even gotten to the index yet, the appendix. Right. The big thing we want to be able to bring to everybody here is there's been an update. So if you work with these standards or if you have a job that you're going to be doing that you're coding concrete, realize that there is a new updated standard. Now, your spec may still say that you have to follow the 2003 version, and that's fine, but there is a new one. So if you're writing a new spec or you're working a job and there's not great detail, it's easiest and best for everybody to look at the new standard, pull it up, be familiar with it. All right, so we're going to get into it now. One of the first differences is when we talk about chemical contamination in that section, it's early on. It's even before the surface prep portion of the concrete, uh, of the standard. In the 2003 version, it referenced a NACE paper, the 6G191. Well, if you know anything about the way NACE has revised a lot of their standards, these old NACE papers, for the most part, are retracted. So they have included all the information that you need for chemical contamination in the appendix. Along with updating the appendix in this, in this document, they have updated the surface prep methods. What I will say, this is the biggest change by far in the entire standard change. It really is. And if you just glance at it, you're going to look at it and say, well, it says most of the same stuff, but the things that they changed or tweaked or left out or included are huge improvements from the document from 2003 to the document in 2018. The big difference now is that it includes the iCry that's the International Concrete Repair Institute standard number 310.2. That standard includes the iCry CSP surface profiles. This is huge because previously in the 2003 version, the only way that they used for comparison of profiles was sandpaper. Now they've actually gone to what has become the industry standard, and that's those iCry CSP standards. As somebody who works with these specifications and makes the recommendations, one of the things that always caused a problem was they had in the original version the option of doing a flame cleaning of your concrete. Yippee. Fortunately, they have removed that. I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't trust most of us with playing with open fire anymore. Or, but Or maybe uh, Fire Marshal Bill got out there and was like, <laughs> um, let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, maybe uh, fire around flammable materials isn't, you know, the best idea. Yeah, that's right. So then we move on. This, so they completely got rid of that. The next big change is in the adhesion section and tensile strength. In the 2003 version, those were kind of separated. There was a little section about adhesion, a little section about tensile strength. They have combined those two together. In the old version, they referenced you to the appendix which referenced the ASTM D4541. If you remember, we talked about that in episode one, the most listened to episode. So the ASTM D4541 is your standard pull-off adhesion test. Now in the new standard, it's referencing ASTM D7234 and ASTM C1583, which are a little more directly involved around what we're looking for out of the concrete. Basically, with the ASTM D7234, that is a recommendation for a test patch of a bare minimum of the primer. They don't say you have to do the whole coating system, but they recommend that you at least put the primer over your prepared concrete 
and run an adhesion test. And that's the 7234. The C1583 is a test that's directly for testing the tensile strength of concrete. So you're going directly to the concrete there with your adhesion testing. All right, we need to take a break to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Carboline. This month, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Carbocrete line of floor coatings that Carboline has offered. These are urethane cements that have high moisture vapor transmission resistance. A lot of them contain polygene, an antimicrobial ingredient to help in food and beverage facilities. These are heavy-duty floors that have really good mechanical damage and thermal shock capabilities, and they offer protection that you you can can stand stand on. Another great aspect to this revision is the clarity that it presents in the moisture content of the concrete aspect of this specification. Previously, in the 2003 version, it stated... Hey, here's some common tests that people yeah. do. You may want to follow these. They're an option that you can look at. And they're like six moisture tests. And and I personally have had arguments with sales reps, inspectors, about the validity of some of the tests that they just say, some people use these. So what it does is it removes all references to any moisture test other than what we would call the big three. Right. And for those, we're looking at the plastic sheet test, the calcium chloride test, and the in situ probe test. So those we're looking at ASTM D4263, ASTM F1869, and ASTM F2170. And it takes a step further. Not only does it remove all other references, it says... These should be used. And that is a big difference. They put in that operative word of should be. Yeah, that's big. And, you know, words have meanings. And when NACE and SSPC put... (laughs) Yes, it does. Just like suffixes. Suffixes. Suffixes matter. When NACE and SSPC put these documents together, these words actually are put in deliberately. Sometimes they say should. Sometimes they say may. Sometimes they say shall. Each of those have a meaning. And you have to understand the whole method behind how the document is put together to understand this is something that you are supposed to do. Well, sure, because these documents are put together by committees of people like you and I who literally sit there and debate the meaning of the word is. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) So when we move on. The other major changes are in the tables. Previously in the 2003 version, there was only one table in the actual standard. Now there are two. The first table is a new table now. It is the one that classifies the different surface prep methods and gives them shorthands, and it expounds on them in Appendix A. The classifications were always in Appendix A, but Appendix A has a big disclaimer at the beginning of it as these are recommendations and not standard practices. So now it gives you the classifications in the actual standard. Right. So it it has forced those back in to say, these are things that you should be doing. Yeah. These are, these are classifications that you should know. The other one is the, the previous table one now becomes table two. And this is the minimum acceptance criteria for concrete services before coatings are applied. This gives you minimums for light service in severe service. It has always given you the minimums for moisture content, pH, residual contaminants, surface cleanliness. It clarifies a few things further. It adds adhesion slash tensile strength numbers. So the 
ASTM D7234 and ASTM C1583 that we talked about earlier are now in the table two with minimum performance requirements for concrete before you would coat it. Now, the other thing that they have done is they've given us a better explanation of what light service or severe service actually refers to. They've been able to give us a, an, an explicit definition that says light service refers to exposure conditions such as light traffic, i.e. foot traffic, light rubber wheeled carts, moisture, non-aggressive chemicals, and or freeze-thaw cycles. So it really took a lot of the ambiguity out of, well, is this light or is this, is this a severe service? How harsh is this? I'm at a factory, so it must be severe. Well, yeah, because in the previous version, it just said light service is light X, Y, and Z. And severe service is severe X, Y, and Z. So the X, Y, and Z were exactly the same, and you were up to determine yourself where the dividing line was. Well, now... They give you, you, you went over the light ones, and here are the severe ones. It, it gives you heavy machinery, so forklifts, heavy trucks, steel-wheeled carts. Uh, it brings up hot water washdowns and steam cleanings as severe service. So these are the things that up the performance criteria. It really does, and they, they kind of fall more in line with some of the things that we're seeing in like some of the ISO standards as well. Another new section in this standard is Minimum surface profile requirement, well, it's updated. It used to be compared to sandpaper, but now it's clearly defined. For light service, it calls for an iCry CSP2. As the minimum. As the minimum, which is grinding, okay? So for any light service, so that's your, once again, that's your foot traffic, your light rubber and wheeled carts. So that's, that's You can like, grind. Yeah, that's like the hallway in your lab. Yeah. You know, it's not, you're not driving forklifts down it. You're not driving, you know, semi-trucks across it. It's people with a handcart walking down the hallway. For severe service, it says an iCry CSP3 as a minimum. That's a light shot blast. So basically anything that's more powerful than grinding is required for severe service. Another major revision that they make is acid etching is no longer acceptable for severe service. This I also love because Carboline for years has not recommended acid etching as proper surface prep for coating concrete and now you see why because most of what we do is going to be that severe service that's right we don't really our forte is not in the light service areas we are an industrial coatings company with industrial flooring products and lastly in this table it more clearly defines and describes the water drop test it gives you an astm standard of astm f21 but it also gives you a disclaimer with that astm standard because that astm standard is really not meant for concrete However, they say the principle can be applied, and that principle is with the water bead test, if you drop a drop of water onto the concrete, the water droplet should wet the surface immediately, forming a continuous uniform film. What I always tell people is if the water beads up like a Rain-Xed windshield, it is contaminated. That's right. The previous standard said zero degree contact angle. I couldn't tell you how many times I tried to explain that to somebody. To differing degrees of success, and and I understand philosophically what it means. Sure, but trying to explain that to somebody was not always the easiest thing. Is that like mill foot squared? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's probably even a little harder than that. I think there should be a song called Mill Foot Squared. We'll have to talk to Steve see what yeah. he can do. Who put the mill in the foot squared? <laughs> Who put the mill in the? All right, so. That is your quick overview of some of the major changes. So quickly to review, it includes the iCry CSP standards. 
clearly defines moisture tests then that they should be used it removed flame cleaning and acid washing for severe service and it more clearly defines light and severe service we haven't even dug into the appendix yet so there's more there no and it's uh, the appendix is as long as this starting document all right so next time we'll talk about something much more exciting like paint and how to watch it dry that's what my friends think this podcast is about. Mine too. And depending on who they are, that is how I describe it too. Maybe we should do an episode about proper snacks to eat while watching paint dry. <laughs> it shouldn't be anything water-based. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. As you can tell, we're a little slap happy, but we're glad that you listen. We're truly appreciative of it. We've been blown away lately by the numbers that we have received. And go ahead and see you next Monday. Who put the light in carbon?